Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable for them. It's called the truth. I'm glad he's gone. And not soon enough. I don't know why we have to wait till December. Why don't we just rename August, December, and he can leave? Dr. Anthony Fauci stepping away from his positions as a caretaker of our lives and deciders of our fate. He will step down as uh, the head of the uh, NAID, NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, uh, and chief of the NIAID Laboratory of Immunoregulation. He will also no longer be the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden. He is at the age of 83, or he's 81, pursuing the next chapter of his career. The next chapter of his career, I hope, I hope, is not uh, the continued abuse of the American people. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. It's good to be back in the chair. 833-468-8669. That's uh, the number. That's how you get to be a part of what it is we do. We take the calls. We don't mind. Um, you cannot get me to think good of Fauci. And if you tell me that he was only focused on the science and doing what was best, all of the magazine covers says something different. Mistakes on mistakes on mistakes. If you were interested in doing something good, you'd stand up to to, uh, President Trump if you thought he was doing it wrong. You'd say the words, even if it meant you lost your job. Oh, you weren't going to lose that job. A pension that will pay $375,000 a year. Ask yourself how much money you would need to save in order to get a $375,000 a year pension. The Post editorial board, the New York Post, good riddance to dangerous Dr. Fauci. And they are right. As of late July, he was still saying that we should have more stringent lockdowns. This, this, this was him. We should have had much more stringent restrictions to fight COVID in 2020. Now, all of a sudden, even though we've got Omicron and we've got BA5 and all these variants, uh, things are stable. Well, you know, Rachel, it's never really a good time to leave, but you have to leave sometime. I have been wanting to pursue another chapter in my career, as you mentioned a bit ago, because I've been wanting to do things outside of the government, particularly to do things, be they lecture or write or get involved in situations where I can serve as hope and inspiration to encourage young people to go into public service. When you say the words, you're not actually the thing. Is 
to say when people say that I, I want to do this so I can inspire others, isn't just your actions uh, the thing that's supposed to be inspiration? Doing the thing to be the inspiration that you believe is inspiring is different than doing something that is inspiring. And I've never understood the people who say, I hope to be an inspiration. I have never once set out to do radio hoping that I inspire people to get into radio. If doing what I do, somebody says, I can do that better, or that seems like fun, I want to be a part of that, or like, I dig what that cat does, man, that's cool, count me in on that, well, that's cool, but that isn't the goal. I mean, I, I, I've often uh, stated, uh, I am not interested in telling people what to think. I am very interested in giving people something to think about. But you'll note that that is only the exercise, not the outcome. I don't get to play in the outcome. You decide the outcome of the things you hear on the show. Or, by the way, on any podcast or any TV show, that's, that's what should matter. You decide the outcome. If, if if the host is engaged, well, I'm going to get people to think just like me. I, no, to think, period. People have to decide the outcome. That's why you can't get into something and say, well, I'm going to go do this so I can be an inspiration to the youth. What the, what the, what the freak is wrong with you? It's just more proof. And he was doing this on, on Rachel Maddow's show. You know, she only does a show one day a week. Uh, and and, and he, th- this is what he says. He, he, he wants to be the, the, the inspiration. A lecture or write or get involved in situations where I can serve as hope and inspiration to encourage young people to go into public service. The ego is just too great for words. Particularly in the arena of science, medicine, and public health. I was thinking of doing that right after the Trump administration ended, but when President Biden was elected, he very quickly asked me, and and I accepted with, you know, with a great deal of honor to do that, to be his chief medical advisor. I thought that was going to last one year because, like so many other people, I thought that the COVID outbreak would be over at the end of the first year of the Biden administration, but obviously it's not. So having said that, since things look like they're starting to stabilize a bit, and I believe in the next few months we will do better than we're doing now, I felt, again, I might as well do it now because I want to make sure that when I do leave, I still have the energy and the passion and the health to do the kind of things that I want to do. So all things considered, Rachel, I thought it was the right time. We think now is the right time. Please do not think that we will think of you fondly. Do not think for a second, Dr. Fauci, we will be sorry to see you go. We are not. People's lives destroyed by your fear. Your fear. We watched people not be able to say goodbye to their parents as they died. Families that got together across from glass doors. People died alone. They died in fear. They died confused and afraid. And we watched Nancy Pelosi get to her hairdresser without a mask. 
along with a myriad of other things to which you, Dr. Fauci, had zero conversation. Gathering for protests and violence, that was okay because, well, it wasn't a super spreader event when Black Lives Matter did it. But the Super Bowl was the end of times. The craven political nature of who you are and what you did when it wasn't necessary. If you had a position, that position has to hold regardless of who's in power, regardless of whether or not you lose your gig. You, you, you weren't willing to stand up? You really believed that doctors should have a say in how society runs? As opposed to the people who got elected. If you elect a doctor, that doctor has a say. Otherwise, you're just a doctor. But you don't believe that. As a matter of fact, you want everybody to know that you are the doctor. And any doctor who disagreed with you, they weren't even allowed on YouTube. They weren't allowed to say they disagreed. They weren't allowed to make a statement. They're somehow a quack or a freak. Their license is in jeopardy because they saw the science different. Dear Lord, could you imagine, can you imagine which side Dr. Fauci would have been on in the days of Copernicus? There's no place for you. There is no place for Dr. Fauci in my heart or in my soul. I don't wish ill on the man. Go live your life. But what you did to people was ill, and there's no forgiveness. There should be never any forgiveness. None. The New York Post said good riddance. They're absolutely right. Now, there's something else going on today, guys. There are an insane amount of primaries today. This is actually very, very cool. Because the the, the primaries are of really fascinating consequence. So you've got New York, you've got Oklahoma, you've got Florida. So let's break down what it is we're looking at today. In Florida, the Democrats are going to decide who's running against DeSantis. So you've got Charlie Crist, who is the former governor of Florida, But he was a Republican then, and he's a Democrat now. He's going up against Nikki Freed. Now, Nikki Freed is the only statewide elected Democrat in the state of Florida. And she has run an embarrassing primary campaign against DeSantis. I mean, embarrassing. So we'll see who they who they pick. Then you've got Oklahoma, where you have a special primary runoff between the current congressman Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen and T.W. Shannon, who I used to do a bunch of stuff on, on uh, Newsmax with. Uh, he is the former uh, Speaker of the House in the Oklahoma uh, uh, House of Representatives. He's currently the CEO of a, of a bank. 
Uh, and they are both uh, looking uh, to be the Republican in the special uh, run, special election for the seat that was vacated by uh, Senator James Inhofe, who's retiring in January. So it's a big Republican battle there. Mark Wayne Mullen uh, has the Trump nomination, T.W. Shannon, black conservative. Um, there, there's, a, there's an interesting race there. There is an interesting, interesting race uh, going on there. So that's Oklahoma. Then there's New York. Follow the situation in New York. The Democrats had put forward a, a what could only be described as a scheme to redraw congressional districts. And a judge blew that up. What the Democrats have put together uh, it, uh, was um, was just punched in the face. Like, sorry, you're not going to get away with this stuff. Court rules New York Democrats gerrymandered congressional map. Judge ruled that the 2022 map was drawn to discourage competition and favor Democrats. So uh, when we talk about gerrymandering, right, the idea of drawing districts in your favor, why do you think they get to be so weird in those weird shapes? Democrats were found guilty of this in New York. I would argue that Republicans are guilty of this. Democrats are guilty of this. People in power are guilty of this. So you have a special general election in District 23, where you've got a representative who resigned after admitting sexual misconduct. Then you have a couple of just basic races going on in these newly drawn districts. So, for example, in a place called District 10, a guy named Daniel Goldman, who was the lead attorney during the first impeachment of the Donald Trump uh, impeachment, he is in a field of candidates against a guy named Representative Mondaire Jones, a current congressman who actually moved to be in this district because of the redistricting to run in this race. That's how much uh, Congressman Jones is trying to stay in power. Literally moved to do it. But the big one, the big one, is Nadler Maloney. Awesome, awesome write-up about this uh, from uh, uh, Jim Garrity and National Review. Gerald Nadler, Carolyn Maloney. Nadler's the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. Maloney's in charge of the Oversight Committee. They have a uh, a record of voting that aligns 90% plus of the time. And they have been slinging mud at each other like it's their job, going after each other, attacking each other, beating each other up, desperate to win this district because when the the Democrats' congressional map was held unconstitutional, things got changed and they were now forced to run against each other. Their districts got merged. And remember, they also lost seats because people move out of New York because who wants this crazy? So that's the big one. Starting tomorrow, either Nadler or Maloney, two major names in the Democratic Party, is lame duck. And I got to tell you, just 
to 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 see the visual, I'm hoping it's Nadler. That's going to be a cra- that is a crazy fight. We'll see how it breaks down. So those are some of the primaries going on. Absolutely, got to be watching that. Well, full updates on it tomorrow. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So I happened to watch the first episode. What is it called? House of the Dragon? Is is that what the new one is called? Yeah, I think that's what the new one's called. They're on HBO. It's the prequel to Game of Thrones. And it was... I think they they set it up pretty well, actually. I think they did a pretty good job with with the thing. That isn't why I play the music. I play the music because winter's coming, bitches. Winter is coming. Have you not seen what it is the Farmer's Almanac is talking about for winter? It is nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you guys. They are saying that this winter is going to be, uh, I, I, I believe I have the... Um, the proper breakdown of of what they said here. Uh, this this winter is going to be ah! right, right. That's that's it, and it's going to make us say. Not even supposed to be here today. That is also right. That is also right. And when we don't know how we're going to survive, we will be reminded that life uh, finds a way. According to the map. Um, we, in Indiana, it will be unreasonably cold and snowy. Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, well, it'll start to become shivery, wet and slushy. But from Montana to Missouri and Minnesota to Colorado, it will be a hibernation zone, glacial and snow-filled. Well, that just sucks. So, you know, um, jackets, maybe a, maybe a hot toddy, which you can get in my uh, book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. Let's Go Bourbon. Go buy the book, Amazon.com. Stay warm. The story broke while I was away for a couple days. It certainly did not stop my commentary on it. The video uh, got a tremendous amount of play, and I appreciate you for that. Tony Katz, uh, great to be with you. Of course, the story, which was uh, first put out there by the people at Chalkboard Review, the chalkboardreview.com, was that in English language arts class, uh, as part of at Fisher's High School, part of Hamilton Southeastern Schools, had a defund the police poster in a room with a student whose brother Noah Chanavez was killed in the line of duty. A police officer um, killed during a traffic stop. He had been uh, with the Elwood Police Department for just eleven months. He also served five years in the U.S. military. 
And there have been a fair amount of questions that have come regarding this poster, including what was this assignment? Uh, is it is it wrong for students to have this assignment? Was it there when the student first got to the school or did it go up uh, later? And then there's a conversation about this teacher. So how much of this is actually a story versus how much of this, as the, as the political left wants to put it, because it's broken down those political lines, uh, is nothing more than fabrication. Tony Kinnett joins us uh, right now. He heads up the uh, Chalkboard Review, a, a former educator in the Indianapolis area before he was uh, let go from his job for discussing problems in education. How did this story, Tony, come to you? Uh, I was reached out to by a friend of the family in Fishers who said that this had occurred. About five minutes later, a teacher that we have who's friendly to the chalkboard review actually called me and said that I needed to find out more about this story. So as you know, when you hear two different things coming from basically two opposite directions, you got to look into it. Uh, I was put in touch with the family, and I sat on the phone with them for about three hours. Uh, and I wrote this story while I was talking to them on the phone. I actually... The first draft that I sent to them that just had kind of my initial thoughts on them, they scrapped, um, and it was just way too long and, and just had every detail that I could cram into it. And so we broke it back down and, and just went directly through the timeline of events, and the family approved the story. I got in contact with uh, several members of the staff. Several students and family members had reached out. Several police officers from the Fishers Police Department had reached out. And by that time, I had not yet received a comment from either the teacher nor the principal at Fishers High School, and we ran the story. Now, the story discusses this poster in, in this classroom, um, the classroom of, of, of an English teacher. It was supposedly a project where a student was going through the pros and cons of defunding the police, defund the police, question mark. Um, is is that the issue that the parents of uh, the young man whose brother was was officer Noah Shanavaz who, who who was killed in the line? Is that the issue that they had that that it was up at all, or is there a nuanced conversation about whether or not this was an assignment? Uh, there is a nuanced conversation here. No, the parents are not upset that there was a child that chose to do an assignment and list the pros and cons of the defund the police movement. Uh, why that would be, why I would assign a political movement assignment in a creative writing or an English class is a little bit suspect when I look at the Indiana State standards. But that aside, that's not the issue. Uh, there are two issues here the family is focusing on. Number one, why the teacher chose to hang a student's assignment from the previous year when she is the mental health coach or the sponsor of the school's mental health club knew very well that Noah's younger brother was going to be returning to school to her class. Several emails had been sent to this teacher saying, make sure that you know you pay very close attention to the needs of this student. This is a very difficult situation. It's bold black lettering. It's not like this is a small poster on an eight by 11 sheet of paper. The second issue is that after the parents were clearly distressed with the situation, they contacted the teacher at the beginning of the block the teacher did not take down the poster until at least after the class had ended. And, and one student said it kind of looked like she was trying to save face. It was very awkward in the class. I've spoken to several students that were in that classroom at that time. And so I have a personal issue with that, at least in, in reporting the story. I found it weird that she wouldn't just go after talking to the family in the first 10 minutes. Just go take down the poster. 
Talking to Tony Kennett of the Chalkboard Review, the chalkboardreview.com. Uh, I have stated that there, for me as well, there is an issue with this being an assignment in, in the classroom, which is, I, I think, a worthy part of this conversation. Uh, and and I, I will dig into more of it. It, it, it comes from the idea of um, asking about defunding the police is not something for kids. It is an adult conversation. And those who are pushing the idea of defunding the police are not discussing a reallocation of funds or how you manage a police department. They're talking about actually ending policing. It is a, a movement that is attributed uh, to, to Marxism and to the political left. So it, the question only has one answer, which is no. But this brings up this actual teacher. Now, you've reported on this, the teacher's name from your reporting, Marina Gibson, um, and a conversation about her interactions with police and take on policing um, what is it that your reporting has found, and have you been able to verify that reporting? We have spoken to several members of the Fishers Police Department. We've spoken to uh, other students and staff who apparently witnessed uh, certain events like this in which uh, Marina would go on long progressive rants in her classroom, of course, hanging the progress flag. But specifically this year, earlier in April, Marina was involved with an incident with police in which police were attempting to detain a suspect for drug use. And this is the story that comes from Fisher's police officers. We're still waiting for the body camera uh, footage to be released. Actually, a city councilman in Fisher's has requested the release of the footage. Uh, but she was apparently screaming things like George Floyd and police brutality as the police were leading this suspect away. And from what I'm told, and I, I cannot yet verify this because I don't have the body camera footage. That's why I haven't stated we have verified this. Um, from what I'm told, uh, this was actually her screaming was picked up by the suspect who started repeating these things at the police officers. So what is the eventuality of being able to see that body cam footage? What has the Fisher's Police Department told you? So what the Fisher's Police Department have told me is this just shows her, well, quite honestly, the word used is just this insanity, this, this screeching, I believe, was the term that was used. The eventuality to me in the story is this sets up, if this is true, if this is confirmed, it sets up a precedent that this lady has clearly had an issue with police for some time. It makes it very hard to believe that this was just, oh, it was just an accident. I just left up a student assignment that I just left up so neutrally. It's very difficult to believe, you know, when you're an individual who's already won awards from, for progressive activism from Butler University. You know, you've already been in an altercation with police in the same year. You already go on progressive rants in the classroom. I just don't know if I'm buying your story. Has anybody read the full poster? Does it give a, a pro and con? Does it, or is it a, a, a one side? Have you been able to actually look at, at the poster itself? And a poster, a kid, uh, you know, on poster board, uh, drew it with marker mm -hmm. and then added things to it. Have you read any of it? Yeah, uh, I looked at two different posters and I, there's one picture that I have that's a little less blurry than the other. And there is a pros and a con side. The pro side has about maybe three or four little cards of information on it. And the con side has like six or seven, maybe eight pieces of, of data for it. And then on the bottom, there are a bunch of raised black fists that are holding signs uh, that would, I suppose, provide additional information. Uh, a lot of the text is blurry. 
So we can't really dig into eat what every card says, but we do see that there's a lot more cons um, as in in favor of defunding the police than in uh, supporting the police. Uh, so when when we talk about the Chanavez family, which has been through a tremendous amount, someone could argue uh, that if you're upset with a poster, uh, that you've been triggered by a poster and maybe you need to be uh, tougher than that. Um, is is this the view of the police officers that you have spoken to? And is this the view of the Chanavez family? It's the view of neither. Uh, I, I have not heard any uh, just toughen up and and suck it up from either of those groups. Uh, the Fishers Police Department, um, the FOP, um, nationally as well as, as as the state and the specific Fishers area, uh, were very incensed at the initial reactions. Um, same with the family. And I don't believe that this is is a blanket sweep statement. You can say that. You know, a student who sees an American flag and gets distressed if, you know, they have left-leaning sympathies is the same as a child whose brother is a slain police officer who's looking at a defund the police poster. I think these are two completely separate instances. When will you know, when will you be able to confirm you're getting uh, access to the body cam footage and when we see it uh, at thechalkboardreview.com? You'll see it with us as soon as it's released. I have uh, someone at the police department that's going to let us know the second that footage is released to the public. I don't want to get access to it before the public sees it because I think that when the police release footage, that should be released to everybody. You know, it's it's a public uh, domain once that hits. And so I'm looking forward to seeing it along with you. I have no further stipulations on that. That'll go up and the full footage will be available for everyone at Chalkboard Review. Really quickly, the teacher in question, still teaching today? I believe so, although uh, the student, Noah's younger brother, has been moved from her class, and he is on an alternate uh, plan. He's, he's not actually seeing her as an, as an English teacher and any more for the remainder of the year. Just like people talk about guns, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, they, they proudly don't know what it is they're saying. Oh, they know they oppose guns, but they don't know what semi-automatic is, automatic is. They think AR and AR-15 stands for assault rifle. They're proud of their ignorance. They love their ignorance. This was a, this was a new one. And you want to find the place where you can find the grace, but but how does it... How is it possible to find the grace in something this radical? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Good uh, to be with you. We're talking about Nina Turner, former member of the Ohio uh, Senate. Uh, She's been a nominee for everything under the, the sun. She was a supporter of Bernie Sanders in 2016. She was a co-chair of his 2020 presidential campaign. I mean, she's a a commie. I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything wrong there because Bernie Sanders is a commie. Oh, what, Bernie Sanders isn't a communist? Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Let's not, a democratic socialist. Tommy, could we just, it just, it would be great if we didn't lie to each other. It would be terrific and wonderful and glorious. 
Well, Nina Turner, um, she kind of uh, stepped in it. And um, she stepped in it because she made the statement on Twitter, for your information, anytime it's a for it's it's an FYI. I mean, uh, the, 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 it can't get good from there. For your information, uh, she uh, she tweets, student debt cancellation isn't paid for by the taxpayers. The federal government is the lender. It's costlier for the government to hold on to the debt. Student debt cancellation isn't paid for by the taxpayers, writes Nina Turner. The federal government is the lender. So, of course, the question was, um, hey, uh, uh, where do you think the federal government gets the, the money? They get it from us, the taxpayer. How could you make this statement and not know this? Who funds the government? How how do you make this claim? It is a reminder that for progressives, I'm sorry, for communists, they don't actually have to know how things work. They believe something, so therefore it must be true. Let's go back to the communist Bernie Sanders from his youth, you know, when he was only 60. Talk, well, maybe he was 50 in this. Talking about, he could have been younger. Talking about bread lines. You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. Oh, I have to, I, I, I still have to play it? You, you don't already hear it? All right, all right, I'll do it. That's enough of that. It's better to line up for food? That's how you know it's a good country? Do you know how diseased of the mind you have to be? Do you know how willfully and wantonly ignorant you have to be? you know how hateful you have to be? Do you know what kind of schmuck you have to be to be okay with this? It's better to line up for food. Ew, David. That is something special. But he doesn't understand how a, a, how a market could work without that. Clearly, the answer is it's better off when food lines up for you. What's, be- what's better? When you have to wait for bread or when bread waits for you. When you head over to your local bakery or you head over to a supermarket, you head over to a, a Panera Bread... And there's all that bread. There's bread, and there, there, there's roll, Ryan, there's rolls. There, maybe a croissant. We want a scone. Boom, there it is. 
What's better? You walk in, there's all this bread saying, Ryan, or you're online, and then someone calls your name, and it turns out, oh, we're out of bread for today. Try again tomorrow. It's better. Well, that's a tough option. It's not a tough option, Ryan. It's better when the bread waits for you. Anytime you have to wait for the bread, you're in a worse spot. Rational people with rational minds who've actually done something with their lives, who've engaged any level of study and aren't radical ideologues know this. They know that the taxpayer pays for everything. The government doesn't just get money, but when you don't care how people get taxed, and you believe it all belongs to the government anyway, this is what you think. Don't vote for commies or people who call themselves democratic socialists. This is Tony Katz today.